0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. If you're new to BC, my name is Joe, and I'm so excited to continue in this series that we are calling Doors. Pastor Joe's gonna jump back in next week, and he is gonna keep this series rolling. I've been enjoying it so much, and today I get to talk about a topic that we don't talk about often, but it's so important today I get to talk about the things that we cannot see and how they can affect the things that we can see. And I, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but, but I mean, there are things that are microscopic and, and, and bacteria and just different things that with the naked eye, we could never detect them, but they very much so have an effect on the world around us that we can see. There, there are things that we cannot see that affect the things that we can see. And uh, Years ago, I was probably about a freshman in high school. I got to go on a mission trip to South America, and it was an incredible trip. And if anybody's ever traveled internationally, one thing you know is that there is something you do not want to happen while you are out of the States. You do not wanna get sick when you are out of the States. Like it's awful to get sick anywhere, but when you are out of your element in a foreign country and you have problems, it is awful. And so we did everything by the book. Like we we decided we're gonna take as many pills and supplements as we can. We took our shots. We decided we're not gonna drink any of the local water. Everywhere we went on this missions trip, we were really, really cautious and really careful to make sure that we did not get sick. And so we had this cool drama that we were doing. Everywhere we went, we would go to these towns, these cities, these these city squares, wherever it might be. And it uh, it was a gospel presentation. And so it was this story and we were all a part of it. Well, I had a friend named Saul. Saul's a really funny guy. He's an awesome guy to this day, love him. And um, Saul was a few years older than me and um, he was in the middle of the drama and we're off to the side waiting for our scene to come. We kind of have our heads down and we're just being reverent. I mean, the gospel is being preached to these people, many who have never heard it. And Saul comes back to the circle and he said, guys, I'm not feeling so hot. And we're like, what do you mean? And he's like, I just, my stomach is a rumbling. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever been there? Okay, like we we all know the feeling. And so he went back out and he came back. And this time he had like a really concerned look on his face. And we're sitting there and we just start to, we start to realize like Saul has had an issue here. And he said, guys, I think, and we're like, yeah, no, we know, Saul, you pooped your pants, bro. And he's, no no lie, he pooped his pants during the middle of the drama, the middle of the drama, and here's, here's the catch. Saul was Jesus in the drama. So like, he couldn't like exit stage, right? Like Saul had to, for the joy set before him, he endured the diarrhea in his pants. And man, we got a lot of people saved that day because I think they just wanted the drama to end. They're like, yeah, I'll give my life to Jesus, dear Lord, my goodness. Some, something that we couldn't see Affected something that we could. We actually, we were trying to identify what is it that made us sick because we all started to get sick after that. And it just hit us one by one by one. And and where we traced it to was this ice cream stand. And it was so good. It was really great ice cream, but we recognized that they were dipping the spoon for the ice cream, the scooper in local water. And that's how all of us got sick. Something that we could not see was affecting something that we could see. And so today, I just want to talk about the world we can't see. I don't think sometimes we give credit to the things that are all around us that are impacting the world that is right in front of us. And so for some of us, we we might fall into... Different categories. I'll just list a couple. See where see where you fall at every location here. I think we all know the person where it's like, man, the devil's behind every door. Y'all know that person, like they see demons everywhere. You know, it's like, are there that many demons? You know? And like they'll be, they'll their car will break down. And it was the Toyota demon, you know, that made their car break down. And you're like, eh, maybe you just should have changed your oil, you know. Like maybe it was the not rotating your your tires demon, you know, that that took effect. They just see, they see the devil everywhere. Sometimes I think we give the devil too much credit. And He's like, I'll take it, but I really had nothing to do with it. Now I think, I think on the other side of the spectrum, some people don't believe that there's any spiritual activity around them. They, they don't give any credit to the fact that there might be a world that we cannot see that is affecting a world that we can. And some of us fall somewhere in between. And so today. If maybe you're a skeptic and you're like, man, that's an interesting idea to me, but I've never really thought about it. Maybe you're not even sure what you feel about God. At every location, I just want to give you permission, like just to listen and take it in. I really believe God has something to say about it. And I just wanna give you a couple of ideas that I think can help you to see what is happening all around us. So here's the first thing I want you to know. Number one, there is a kingdom of light. There is a kingdom of light. I want you to see how the the Bible gets its start because God wastes no time introducing light into the Bible. As a matter of fact, in like the very first couple of verses, God speaks to a dark, void, formless earth and he says what? Let there be light and there was light. Can I just tell you, this is how God operates. He loves to take dark places and light them up with his light. And here's the coolest part. God doesn't just shine light, but God is light. So when God said, let there be light, here's what was happening. He was saying, let the evidence of my presence and my existence, let it fill the universe. And I really believe that it came out of his mouth at the speed of light in every universe and every star and every galaxy was formed in that moment. Let there be light. And there was light. You know, I was talking to this amazing guy that that goes to BC Boardman, his name is Dave. And Dave has had a really rough year. Um, he's He's gone through cancer and, and he's on the other side, thank God. But he has had a lot of reasons to throw in the towel and he just hasn't. And I was just talking to him and I was just asking him, man, what's God doing in your life? And he said, man, I just want, I want to tell you, like, I don't even really know how to put it into words. But every time I come to this church, every time I walk into this sanctuary, every time I talk to people in groups and, and I just get around this place, it's like God is changing me. It, he didn't say it this way, but really what he's saying, and I, I, I experienced it in my life. I've known God my entire life, and I still experience this almost daily. It's like whenever I get around God, whenever I get around his word, he's lighting up my life. He's lighting up the dark spots. He's illuminating my existence. This is what it ought to look like to be a Christ follower because we're a part of the kingdom of light. If God is light, he ought to be lighting up our lives. So I just wanna talk to you about like some really helpful things today. I've honestly never preached on this before, but let's just talk about the kingdom of light. In the kingdom of light, the Bible is very clear. There are these messengers of light. They're a part of this kingdom and they're called angels. And I want you to just erase everything that you have learned about angels from culture, from artwork, from movies. I'm not talking about the precious moment, little babies with a little cloth on and a halo. I'm talking about some serious dudes, some eternal beings that God created, and they are messengers, and they are warriors, and they are here in the spirit realm. You can't see them, but they are at work on God's behalf. And there's all kinds of different angels in the Bible, like there's seraphim and, and cherubim. There's archangels, like there was Michael and Gabriel mentioned in the Bible. Even Satan was an archangel. His name was Lucifer. The Bible tells us that he was one of the worship leaders in heaven before he became prideful and fell. He, I mean, th- these, are, these are real beings. They have personalities, they have feelings. They have emotions. And the Bible talks about them often. I just want to show you a couple. And I could tell you for sure angels are real because I'm married to one. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Love you, baby. She's in Boardman right now. Guys, take notes. Okay. Anyways. Here's the first thing. Angels protect God's people. They protect God's people. Here's a cool scripture. Psalm ninety-one eleven for he, God, will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Like, I just think it's cool that we have some tough angels imposing figures that are actually assigned to each and every one of us. You know what's interesting to me? Every time someone saw an angel in the Bible, the first thing they had to say is, hey, don't be afraid. Because I think it's just a little bit alarming when you see somebody in all of their power and glory, it's the glory of God. They come with the light from the kingdom of light and the king of light. It's powerful. You know, my, my wife uh, growing up, she was a latchkey kid. So she'd get home a little bit earlier than her parents. And, she, and when she was in high school, she would uh, make herself food. And so one day she was making a quesadilla and the, literally like the kitchen caught on fire, the curtain caught on fire. And so it started traveling up the curtain and she started panicking and she couldn't put it out and get this and she passed out. And so she wakes up And she sees these burn marks all up and down the curtains, but the fire has been completely put out. She has no clue what happened. Well, her mom gets home later that day, and and here's what's going on. The fire department came. It was this whole thing. And her mom immediately knew what had happened. Earlier that week, her mom, Linda, felt like God wanted her to pray for angels to surround every single window in the house. So she kind of went to every window and probably threw a few doors in there and she felt a little bit foolish, but she just said, God, I pray that your angels would surround this house. She had no clue who she was praying for or what she was praying for. And now we know God was trying to protect Aaron and he put angels on assignment at her window. I think it's cool that God works that way. They protect God's people. Here's the second thing. They can encourage us. This is really interesting. Listen to this. This is Hebrews 1.14. Are they not, angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation? That's you and I. That's people who are Christ followers. They can actually minister life to us. I'll give you one great example. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, remember what happened at the very end? God sent ministering angels to encourage him and give him strength. So if our Savior and his humanity needed that, I think it's safe to say we could use it every now and then too. And that's why whenever you're going through something, don't be afraid to pray. Even, even when you feel like kind of silly about it or, or it feels like something you don't feel comfortable doing, pray anyways because it releases God to release these beings on our behalf who can protect us and even minister to us. Here's the third thing. We might even see them and be unaware. Any of you that grew up on the Newsboys, remember, entertaining angels by, okay, I won't sing it, but you got to do it in the Australian accent and everything, you know, know why I'm not on the worship team. Okay, so <laughs> Hebrews 13, two. listen to this, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. There's angels all around us. There's a kingdom of light. Here's the second one. There's a kingdom of light, but there's also a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of darkness. Now, I I heard this statistic from the Pew Research Institute and it kind of blew me away. Did you know in a recent poll, they found that 50% of people who would identify as a Christian, as a Christ follower, do not believe in a literal devil. Like one in two Christians don't even believe that there's a real devil. And, And I would just, I would beg you to see this from this perspective, if there really is an enemy, let's just live in the world that there is for a second, an enemy who wants to steal and kill and destroy. Isn't that right where he wants us? Like, could it be that his greatest tactic is to convince us that he's not even real, that he doesn't even exist at all? Let me give you another obvious thought. I think the devil loves darkness. Why? Because darkness is the absence of light and God is light so his goal in your life is to pull you out of light and into darkness. His goal is to get you to just open the door a little bit to darkness, one inch at a time. This is how the enemy operates. This is why hell is often described as a place of what? Of outer darkness. Because the truest sense of hell is a complete eternity devoid of a God who is light. It's complete separation from a God who loves us that wants to light up our life. And so when we're in darkness, we're on the devil's turf. And God would love to move in our life and he would love to do some incredible things, but he can't if we're living in darkness. And so the devil would love to keep us in darkness. And uh, the, the Bible has so much to say about this. Let me just give you one scripture that I think will be so helpful. It's Ephesians six eleven. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I like that word there because what it's showing you is he uses strategy. The devil ain't no dummy. He knows exactly how to get us. He knows exactly how to trick us, exactly how to operate in our lives. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I think it's interesting that it uses the word rulers and authorities. Do you see that there's a structure to the way that the kingdom of darkness operates? They're methodical. The devil's thought this stuff out and he's at work in our life. And I I like that it uses the word struggle because could it be, just, just a question, could it be that our struggle isn't really our struggle at all? Like maybe our problem isn't our problem. Like we think that our problem is a pill. We think that our problem is a bottle. We think our problem is an image. We can't stop looking up on the internet. We think our problem is fill in the blank, but could it be that there is a spirit behind our problem? Maybe the issue is that we're trying to solve spiritual problems with natural solutions. And there's something deeper, something on the other side that we cannot see that is affecting something right here that we can see. There is a kingdom of darkness. And I hope you know this about Believer's Church. We've never been a weird church. I hold firmly to this belief. Christians who are weird were weird before they met Jesus, okay? I'm just saying that, all right? We all know them. let's be honest. My goal is not to scare you. My goal isn't to fixate on darkness. If you come here on a weekly basis, you know we spend way more time talking about the light. But God's people perish for lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. So I think sometimes we just have to educate ourselves to what's happening so we know how to confront it, so we know how to put up a defense Against it. So let me answer just a couple practical questions. What power does darkness have? That's a good question, right? Like, can the forces of darkness, demons, the counterpart to angels, can they have power in our life? The answer is, yeah, some. I'll give you a great example. There's there's a demon-possessed man in the Bible, and Jesus encounters him. And just to give you a little backstory, he is he's not in a good place he's running wild in these caves and out in the open, he's naked, he cuts himself. They they try to shackle him so he won't hurt himself or others, and he breaks free from the shackles. He's got this this supernatural strength. Uh, he's, He's completely taken over by darkness, so much so that when Jesus asked him, what's your name, he said, we are legion, for we are many. And then his head rotated 360 degrees. I don't know if that happened, but that's just how I see it in the theater of my mind. Anyways. But just let's pick up here. I just, I wanted you to have the backstory. Mark 5, 8. For he had said to him, Jesus, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Verse 12. I want you to see the authority that Jesus had with him. The demons begged Jesus, please send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. And just for your information, this is the first documented case of deviled ham. Okay, (laughs) that was bad. All right, cool. Nailed it. Okay. Okay. All right, back to the story. So the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake, and they were drowned. Can you just imagine this scene? Like, I always wonder, how did the farmers feel? Like, all of my pigs, but they were Jewish, so the whole bacon thing, anyway, so. (laughs) But I want you to notice something. Did you notice that Jesus had to give them permission? In other words, the devil can only enter the doors we open he needs a door. And so if that's true, if the devil can only enter the doors that we open, if he needs a door, here's the third point. We have got to close the door to darkness. There is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness, and we have to close the door to the kingdom of darkness. So I just want to give you some practical tips on on what that could look like. And uh, I, I just... I thought this was another interesting statistic. There is a growing number of Americans, as a matter of fact, it's one in four right now, that would tell you, I don't identify as religious, I identify as spiritual. And this is cool in some senses because here's here's what's good about it. If someone identifies as spiritual and not religious, we don't have to get past all of the damage that's happened to them in church. Because the reason most people don't go to church is because they've been to one, can I get an amen? Like we've all had experiences that kind of made us not wanna come back and try church. But here at Believer's Church, we're always trying to get past that and say, hey, it's never been about religion. It's never been about a religious requirement or a box you have to check off of the church chart. It's about a relationship with Jesus. But here's the other side to that coin. In a world that can sometimes tend to blend those things together, take a little bit of Buddha and a little bit of Confucius, a little bit of Gandhi, maybe a little bit of Oprah, mix it all in with Jesus, just be real, this is what happens, Sometimes we can even mix darkness with light and not be aware of it. So I just wanna answer a couple of questions and I think they're seasonally appropriate, okay? We don't talk about this much and I'm gonna do my very best to help you and make this practical and not weird, okay? But this is, this is helpful. Like, how should a Christian feel about horoscopes? Like, what does God have to say about that? How about mediums, seances, palm readings, Ouija board? Like, th- those are interesting questions, right? We we live in a world that now there's like energy crystals. There's entire stores where you could grab a crystal and kind of like change the vibe and the energy in a room. And I just want you to know this isn't a new issue. Like this is something that people have been asking for years. I'll give you a great example. This is from thousands of years ago in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19. Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings. They will tell us what to do. Time out. I just wanna say that I have such a heart of compassion for people that are going towards these things because at the end of the day, here's what we're looking for. We wanna know what to do. And we have friends and we have family and their marriage looks like it might be over and they just wanna know, is there any hope for my marriage? Some of them have lost loved ones and they just wanna hear, is there a way I can connect with my loved ones on the other side? They they wanna know, should I stay in this career or should I go to a new one? At the root of it, that's why we go to these other places. And I just want to say, I get that. But I love the Bible, because 2,000 years ago, really many years before that, the answers were in the Bible, and they remain true today. Listen to how the answer goes in this scripture. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? You know, like one one of the most compelling, interesting shows to me, and I honestly I would I would watch it often because I'm just curious. Is the show Long Island Medium, Teresa Caputo, and she was honestly a really great person. It was on TLC. Her goal was to try to help people, so she would try to connect people that had already died with their loved ones that are here and give them closure. And so what what you notice is she would say things like, "Hey, spirit is telling me this." Now now let me just tell you something. She was talking to a spirit. It just wasn't the right one. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. I, I've never been much of a medium guy. i way more of like a large or extra large kind of guy, but no, it's just a bad joke. Okay, so I'll be here all night, folks. And um, no, but listen, a medium at the end of the day, here's, here's what they're doing. They're a middleman. And they're trying to connect this world and that world. Can I just tell you something? It's a cheap counterfeit, a cheap imitation of the real thing because we already have a middleman. His name is Jesus Christ. He's a mediator. He goes to the father on our behalf. I think we ought to just give it up for a God who is with us and can guide us through anything. Anything else is just settling. It's a cheap imitation for the real thing. Why do I need a horoscope to tell me what to do when I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me? He leads me and he guides me in all truth. Can I give you a palm reading? Jesus took nails in his feet and in the palms of his hands to bring us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. I think we ought to celebrate that. I understand the heart behind wanting crystals to change an atmosphere, but if you want to change an atmosphere in a hurry, invite the presence of God into the atmosphere. because where the presence of God is, there's fullness of joy, there's life, there's peace. There, there's everything we could ever need in the presence of God. It's a cheap imitation of the real thing. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So here's the question, like, how do we discern a good spirit versus a bad spirit? That's an important thing to understand. The Bible The Bible tells us exactly how to do this. 1 John 4, one through three, it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Here's a good word. It says, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone into the world. And here's the light litmus test, all right? If you ever wanna know, if somebody's saying, hey, you can get some answers through this, you can get some answers through that. This is the way you can know. You can recognize the Spirit of God, and every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God, and here's the other side, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Could it get any more simple than that? There's there's a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness, and we have to close the door to darkness. You know what's interesting, like a lot of the times, Teresa Caputo would say, I want to enlighten you, or I want to bring you into the light, and I really do think she meant that, but here's the problem, The devil comes disguised as an angel of light. Sometimes he can even look like light. It could be good, but it's just a degree off. So again, why would we settle for a cheap imitation of the real thing? All right, so I know there are a lot of people that might be single, and I just wanna, I didn't talk about this in any of the other other services, but let me just help you for a second. Oftentimes, the enemy will try to introduce these compromises in darkness through our relationships. And he knows, man, I probably can't get them to compromise and start worshiping Satan like tomorrow, but I bet I could get them to connect with people who aren't living in in the light and they'll begin to inch towards darkness. He did it with Samson. Samson was strong and he was doing everything God was called him to do. And how did the enemy get him? Through Delilah. Now, God didn't tell Samson not to date Delilah because Delilah was bad. He told him that because Delilah was worshiping a God named Dagon and Dagon was an idol And it was demonic darkness. Listen, let me just tell you something. You cannot date someone living in darkness and still live in the light. We can't have it both ways. Actually, the Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians 6.14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Another word says unequally yoked. Like think two oxen yoked together. It's like no matter how much you want to go one direction, you're going to go the same direction as the person you're hitched to. So who are you hitched to? How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? How can an Ohio State Buckeye live with a Michigan Wolverine? It's so plain and simple. Go Bucks. OH, H. okay. I just call it your Friday, friends. I'm not saying you have to completely separate from people that don't know God. That's the whole point. We're called to shine light in dark spaces. But your Friday friends, your rider dies, they've gotta be people that love Jesus. You're never gonna live in the light if you're hanging out with people that are blinded and living in the darkness. So here's the question, how do I live in the light? I just wanna spend the last couple of minutes just answering that question. How do we live in the light? Here's the first one, this is really important. We've gotta recognize that really big doors swing on little hinges. Big doors swing on little hinges. In other words, it's the little stuff that makes a big difference. Sometimes it's the little things that we can't see that are making a really big difference in the world that we can see. And some of us don't think that that movie, that music, that podcast, that novel, that board game is affecting us, but big doors swing on little hinges. And so here's the second thing. We've got to take an inventory of our life. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we allowing in? What are we opening the door to? You know, it always breaks my heart, but I run into so many people, like these are my friends. These are people I really care about. And they'll tell me, I feel so depressed. I feel so heavy all the time. I feel like I'm carrying around 100 pounds on my back. I feel anxious. God forbid, sometimes they'll tell me I feel suicidal. And that breaks my heart. But immediately what I, what I go to is I start to ask them to take an inventory. And I start asking them, well, what are you, what are you listening to? Some, some of us are listening to darkness and wanting to live in the light. We're, we're focusing and feeding on things that we've been delivered from. We're actually at times maybe even watching things that that glorify the darkness. And if you dwell on things that are heavy and, and fearful and anxious, it's no surprise when you're heavy and afraid and anxious. Like like those things are connected. When when I've talked with people that struggle with thoughts of suicide, and I just, I don't wanna diminish this issue. If you have depression, if you struggle with these issues, seek medical counsel. There, there might be a clinical reason why you're dealing with some of those thoughts, those feelings, it might be a chemical imbalance. There's a lot of reasons why. You might need counseling from trauma you went through. I'm not saying any of that isn't true. But listen, when I ask somebody, tell me what you're watching, and they tell me I'm suicidal, and their favorite show is 13 Reasons Why, then I say, hey, let me give you one reason why you feel suicidal. <laughs> it's because you're watching 13 Reasons Why. And if you're not familiar with that show, it's just a show about suicide. Now, I'm not saying everybody can't watch that. I can't be your conscience for you. The Holy Spirit will help you sort all that out. But if that's your struggle, then stop focusing on that stuff. I'm trying to give you just some helpful advice here. Some of us just need to look at what are the little, what are the little things that I'm letting in Like, could it be that my music and my movies and my podcasts and my novels, they're not just things, they're doors. And I'm just cracking it open a little bit more and more. And darkness is starting to seep in. I was talking to this really sweet girl, her and her boyfriend. She she grew up in our youth group about a year ago. I was just trying to help her. And and she was having some very real, honestly, encounters with what she believed was a demon. And um, that was very new to her. And it was terrifying to her. And so I was naturally doing this very thing. I was just trying to get her to take an inventory of her life. And I said, can can you think of any places where you just open the door a little bit to darkness? She thought about it. And they both told me, you know what? Come to think of it, we've been playing with Ouija boards. We really never thought anything about it. But like we think that that was an open door. So I didn't make her feel bad for that. I just said, hey, I would probably go trash that Ouija board, maybe like burn it so nobody else can get it. You know, like just get rid of it. It's a small thing that made a big difference. And I'm just telling you, sometimes we don't recognize, we don't recognize that these little things are impacting us. Here's the biggest challenge. The devil's darkness comes with a dimmer switch. And and it's like, it's a process, You ever walked into a really dark room and at first you couldn't see anything? But the longer you're in that room, your eyes start to adjust to the darkness. Here's where we should really be concerned. When the shows and the movies and the books and all the stuff that used to bother us stops bothering us anymore. Man, that used to grieve my spirit. That used to make me feel uncomfortable. But now I'm just kind of cool with darkness. My eyes have adjusted to the darkness. That's a great place to take an inventory and say, I'm going to start living differently. Here's the final thing. we got to make a clean break. We've got to make a clean break from darkness. 1 John 1.5 says it this way, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And I like this scripture, it's hard. Remember, this isn't the New International Joe version, okay? This is the Bible, this is what it says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. What's it saying? If Jesus isn't Lord of all, Jesus isn't Lord at all. God wants every part of our life. That's what following him looks like. Let's, let's check back in, verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. you ever tried to walk in the darkness, it makes it so much better if you could just take out your flashlight and just shine it. And, And listen, this is where the word of God comes in because the word of God is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. And it shows us, it illuminates where we need to go. But we gotta make a clean break. We got to say, I'm done with darkness. Why don't you just with a little bit of bravado, just stick out your chest a little bit at every location. Just whisper to your neighbor, I'm done with darkness. Just say it real quick. I'm done with dark. How about maybe even like, say it like you mean it a little bit louder. Say, I'm done with darkness. Make a clean break. So listen, here's where we're going to end. I want you to know this because I think there are some Christ followers in here. The last thing I want you to do is say, I'm never going near darkness because the whole point is we are the light of the world. We're a city on a hill and the goal isn't to hide our light, it's to let it shine. And so the point is not to curse the darkness, but to light a candle. And God's gonna send you into some dark places to shine his light. And so I just want you to begin to think about who are the people in my world that don't even know it. But they're hurting and they're lost and they're living in darkness. And all it would take from me is to take the light that I found in Jesus and shine it into their life. And listen, when somebody takes a flashlight and shines it in your eye, it's annoying and abrasive. There's a wrong way and a right way to shine the light, right? We don't shine it in their eye to show them the path. We shine it on the path to show them where to go. And so this isn't just saying, Hey, hey, I know, I know all the things you're doing. I know what, I know what you're watching. I know, I know what's on your podcast. No, no, no. The goal is to say, hey, there's a better way. And I'm living in the light and you can too. I'm gonna have you bow your heads and close your eyes and I'm just gonna pray with you. At every campus, here's what I would love for you to pray about doing is just taking a next step. For some of you, for some of us, it's gonna be just taking an inventory and saying, you know what? I love Jesus. And I didn't mean to, but that darkness had a dimmer switch and my eyes were just getting adjusted to the darkness and I need to just crank up the light. For some of us, we need to find some freedom. There's actually connect groups at both campuses called Finding Freedom. They're freedom groups and um, they're semester driven. So if you're interested in that, please tell guest services today. And we'll get your information and we'll contact you when they start back up. Some of us just need to find freedom. Some of us need to like, we just need to close some doors to darkness. Some of us, here, here's the group I really wanna talk to. You, you might have never even heard this. And, and if you are honest, you'd say, Joe, like I've heard of Jesus, but I don't know if I've ever heard it put this way. And I, I think I might need to be brought into the kingdom of the light. Can I tell you, man, Jesus is, he's waiting with his arms open wide. So many of us at each location have prayed this prayer. But I just wanna ask you, can you remember a moment in your life where you put Jesus in the driver's seat? And it's not about where you were baptized or a membership at a church. It's not what I'm talking about. Those are all good things. But the thing, the question we have to answer in this life is what have I done with Jesus? Because you know what he says about himself? He says, I'm the gate, I'm the door. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And he makes it so simple. He says, if you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So anyone who's prayed that before, I'd love for you to just pray it with us. Could you repeat this after me? Boardman, TCI, right here in Warren. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your son and the sacrifice he made for me to bring me out of darkness and into light. I won't be perfect. Every day, I will take a step, but I'm gonna follow you with everything I've got. I am a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give.